0: Hey everybody, welcome into the Bear With Us podcast. As you can see, I'm Solo Dolo. Again, newcomers, my name is Frank. I usually have a co-host here with me. His name is Jack, but he has gone on vacation, excuse me, to Florida. I know what you're thinking. There's hurricanes in Florida. What the hell is he doing? So let me tell you a quick story. This guy goes to the airport. They tell him there are no flights to or from Florida right now. The planes are, you know, they they can't take off. The, these, the the hurricanes are just too much. The weather, the weather's too bad. <clears throat> this guy pays an extra $3,000 to fly one of their planes to get him and his wife out to Florida. The dude's a madman. Nothing will stop him from not being on this podcast. He spent $3,000 plus the gas. I don't know how much he spent on gas. He's gonna have to spend it on the way back as well. They told him if you get there, you gotta bring this motherfucker back, okay? And <clears throat> who knows? We well, may see him, may not, you know, Hope all is well, Jack, because you're probably listening to this if you're still alive. I'm kidding, of course. He's doing great in Florida. He'll be back uh, for, for next podcast. Um, I said last time, you know, with me being alone, the podcast will be quick because I don't have someone to bounce ideas off with, and the episode wound up being 40 minutes. I'm hoping that this one is also not 40 minutes. I shouldn't be talking that <clears throat> that long to myself, essentially. But what I want to do is sort of expound a little bit now that I've had time to, you know, sorry about that, to watch film, watch them all 22 and, and not be as upset about the game. <clears throat> um If anyone watched the Immediate Reaction podcast, that was probably the most upset that I've been in a little while. And I want to provide context as to why I was that upset. <clears throat> but before I do that, well, I guess a, a good lead into that is I have seen quite a few people act like Justin Fields' performance against the Giants was the equivalent to the performance that he had against the Texans. And that is really perplexing to me because I think anyone who's listened to this podcast, I am very high on Justin Fields. That doesn't mean I think he's the franchise guy or I think he's gonna be an all-time great or what have you, or however you wanna you know, word things. But the talent of Justin Fields jumps off the page. The leg talent, I think, is apparent to everyone, whether you're a believer or not. But the kid can make throws that not very many quarterbacks in a Bears uniform have in my lifetime. He has a lot of arm talent. And I said all that to say, I thought he was horrible, absolutely horrible against the Texans. Uh, He said it himself at the press conference. Everyone with eyes, I think, saw how bad he was that game. And it is what it is. Those types of performances... I can live with from a young quarterback because we're not sitting here blaming an offensive coordinator for not opening up the playbook or being upset with an offensive line that wasn't blocking. By all means, the offense looked pretty good against the Texans outside of Justin Fields errant throws, right? Um, And, you know, I'm seeing some of the comments coming off of this Giants game and people are reacting the same exact way towards him. Where they're like, oh, see, I told you he's horrible, or I told you he's a bum, and he did. whole Justin Fields did not have a bad game. Justin Fields, as a matter of fact, I think had a pretty good game. It's hard to say like good or great game because eventually, like stats and touchdowns have to happen. But for everything that was collapsing around him, including awful, awful play by your center and left guard after Cody Whitehair went out, and and your right tackle, Larry, Larry Borm, just it doesn't seem to be a very good football player anymore. Um, and for the receivers to essentially have like zero separation throughout the game for him to do what he did and, and st- I mean, the, the drop passes that I touched on in that immediate reaction, those were dimes. Those are right on the money. Justin played about as well as you can, given the circumstances. And I know everyone wants to, you know, compare young guys to, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and, and this, the elite quarterbacks of the league because that's what you're hoping they become. But if you're going to do that, you need to compare people who were in that exact same situation. I mean, look what happened to Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl against the Bucks a couple of years ago when his left tackle and right tackle were both out. He was running for his fucking life. And anyone who said he had a bad game, I dismiss your opinion. And then I I feel the same way about Justin Fields to a lesser degree. The moment wasn't as big obviously, but when you're hit with that amount of pressure and you and your your receivers are dropping passes. They're not separating. What exactly are you supposed to do? Um, I have seen some plays that show me that he doesn't trust his offensive line anymore, which is like, to a certain degree, how the hell can you blame him? He's, uh, l- let me pull up this stat. He is getting pressured at, well, th- this specific game, Justin Fields was pressured 51.4% of his dropbacks against the Giants on plays where he had a clean pocket, he went 10 for 14 for 168 yards. And this is from Lauren Cox. I want to shout you out. Lauren, or I'm sorry, at Cox Sports 1 on Twitter. That's a wild name. It might be his last name. Anyway, um, it's, you know, for, for, I mean, if you're talking about 51, that's over half of your dropbacks, you're being pressured. And, and there were some, some uh, plays where he looked at his first read, it looked like he took a glance up the middle and he saw a Giants defender really not there. He wasn't coming at him, but he just sort of saw the jersey and bailed out. And again, it's like, how the hell do you blame this kid for reacting that way? Your offensive line is letting you down. They're not giving you time. And this is actually something I asked for last year. Early development for a quarterback. I do not mind if you are a one read and go quarterback. I that, that's a better situation for you than sitting back there looking at your third, fourth, fifth read with guys who aren't getting open. And then the pressure starts to get there. The book on Justin has been that he holds the ball too long. And that still sort of is the case. He, he that processor's still speeding up. He holds the ball a little bit. Maybe he's going for more home runs. And we see this, with young guys, uh, Trevor Lawrence holds the ball a long time as well. Joe Burrow holds the ball a long time. Deshaun Watson held the ball a long time. Got uh, people who, Um, you know, I know there's a lot of people really high on Russell Wilson, maybe not this year, but he holds the ball a long time. That's, that doesn't mean you're a bad quarterback. Some quarterbacks just hold the ball longer. Not every quarterback is a quick, you know, a a quick decision or or a quick thrower. I should say just a quick, like three step drop, let it go. It's not how every quarterback plays. Um, but I just, I don't understand what fans want out of Justin Fields in a game like that. And again, I'm not sitting here caping for him. I I went on record on how bad of a game I thought he had against the Texans. It was the worst game I thought he had in a Bears uniform. This was not that. The, The fact that people can equate the two performances simply lets me know people really don't know what they're watching when they're watching football. And that's not me being on my high horse. I'm no expert. I'm not an offensive coordinator. I can't break down to you every single um you know pass coverage or what you know defensive looks that the defense is giving you. But I, the basics of football, I understand on both the offensive and the defensive end. And the fact that, you know, people can watch this team for 20, 30 years. I'm to, I've been seeing it's been a lifelong fan and here they go again. And I'm like, what are we? What are you talking about? Like this was not a Caleb Haney game. This was not a Craig Krenzel game. This wasn't a Henry Burris game where it was just they looked completely awful. It wasn't a last week Justin Fields game. He looked pretty damn good is what I'm saying. I think he made a lot of chicken salad out of chicken shit. And I wanted to make sure that I went on record to to say that because through my frustration, I don't want things to get lost in translation in these reaction videos, uh, even though they are very frustrating. And the Bears are last in the league. Um, in dropbacks with wide receivers deemed open or wide open at about 37% of the time. And we are, it's either first or second. I forget now. I, I can't find the step first or second in the league in, in pressures from a quarterback. Some of them are Justin Fields' fault because he holds the ball a little bit long. I get that. The one place I need Justin to continue to improve with, I don't even want to say continue because I haven't seen much of it yet. I need him to improve in. Is stepping up in the pocket. There was one sack this past week, and there have been, you know, more sacks in the past that he rolls out instead of stepping up into the pocket. And when he rolls out, he get, he he sort of allows the defensive end to recover, even if he's being blocked, and then it gives up a sack from there. It didn't have it only happened once this past week, but I also think if he steps up in the pocket, even if he steps up and goes left or right, you know, sort of scrambles that way that allows the play to be extended and for him to not just run versus when you roll all the way out, you're sort of handcuffing yourself there. Cause you're, I mean, at that point, you're what, 15, 20 yards behind the line of scrimmage, you know, from where you started. So, um, but again, young team, young player, I expect things like that to get cleaned up. Um, Now I want to talk about sort of, and and this sort of gets convoluted all in one. So it may sound a little all over the place, but I promise it's going to end. I'll land the plane. Um, the reason why I was so upset with Bella Jones' performance, and the reason why I've been very disappointed in Kyler Gordon's performance early on, is because the, I mean everything that I'm naming about separation, about you know pressures and things. We needed more offensive help. I wasn't the guy on record saying, oh, you know, we need to fucking sign everyone, get DJ Chark and get all these free agents. I didn't want, I didn't ever want that to be the case. I didn't think we needed to sign a bunch of free agents. That's just not the way you build. But I was the guy who went on record and said that Ryan Poles would be drafting receivers. And God, Alec Pierce and George Pickens were there in the second round. They were. We picked two defensive guys over them. And again, I don't want to rewrite history. I wasn't upset with the Kyler Gordon pick when it happened. I was more upset with the Jaquan Brisker pick because I didn't, I didn't want us to draft a safety early. It wasn't, a, I mean, it, it was a position of need, but for a rebuilding team, you can get one when you're ready to compete. It's, you know, it is what it is at that point. Um, but now seeing, you know, Equinemius St. Brown and Dante Pettis out there, and I'm like, dude, George Pickens is already better than these guys. I'm seeing what he's doing in Pittsburgh. And granted, he's not, his stats aren't off the wall, but they have their own quarterback issues. He is a, he looks like a good receiver. He has the look. No one on this team right now passes the sniff test. They they don't have the it factor. They don't have the like, you know, forget whether the ball went to them or not. Let's look at them in the all 22, isolate what they're doing. Are they getting open? Is the release good? Are they getting in and out of breaks good? And the answer is like, no to all of them, except for sometimes Darnell Mooney. And it's like, that's why I'm very upset with Kyler Gordon. Because the one thing I did say, and you can go back, this is all on record, it's on our YouTube, it's on Apple, it's everywhere. Me and Jack Bolt did say, we're not upset with the cornerback pick, we think he's gonna be good, we were very upset with Jaquan Brisker because both receivers were still there, and Alec Pierce and uh, George Pickens. And we both said, here's the thing though, these guys are gonna have to perform. Defense wasn't really a position of need, and I think philosophically, Jack and I are on the same page in thinking like, I'm not here to build the defense in the first year or two of a rebuild. Let's, let's, this is an offensive league. I'm sick of the Bears being all defense. I need them to, to have an offensive identity and we can figure out the defense later. I, and that's putting it simply. I, I know it doesn't work exactly that way, but you all, you all get what I mean. And the fact that Kyler Gordon is not performing when we could have had someone who I think would have made an immediate impact in either Alec Pierce or George Pickens and probably end the number one or number two receiver on this team. That's why I'm so frustrated. And that leads me into Vellis Jones. I know he's been hurt, but what exactly is happening that you aren't getting on the field to be a wide receiver? Again, I know he's been hurt, but I'm thinking of like anyone, Jahan Dotson or Traylon Burks, or anyone who got picked in the first two rounds, even Alec Pierce, he came back off of an injury and started again. How, w- I understand injury is, has taken him away from the practice field. Why isn't the coaching staff comfortable enough to make you the X or the, or the Y or the slot, anything give a four receiver sets, get him in there, something in the backfield running routes, anything we needed him to be an impact player immediately and for anyone who thinks this is a contradiction from my stance on Justin Fields and you know still seeing where he needs to develop and being patient with him receivers corners i, I mean a, a lot of these players they they can develop but it's not like the quarterback. The The, the quarterback you usually takes two, three, four years. You want to see positive signs early. You sort of liken it to Kyler Murray. His rookie year, he won rookie of the year. He looked really good, but he had a lot of downs. But it was like, man, those fucking highs were amazing. If he puts it all together, he can be something. Next year got better. Next year got better. But he was never, and I still don't think he probably is, he was never like a top 10 quarterback. And he probably still isn't. But the point that I'm making is you be patient with them. Because it's more about... The eye test than it is like statistics or even sometimes wins early on. Um, and last year, Justin Fields had passed the eye test for me. I thought he made very good progress throughout the year. I thought that he, I mean, it's just a talent jumps off of the, the field. You know what I mean? Like or off the field, it jumps off of the screen when you're watching whether the game or you're in person or you're watching the all 22 after the fact he is very talented. Um, but a lot of the times these quarterbacks are seeing looks they've never seen before. It's so early in their career. They've only played high school. You know, they played high school for four years. You're not playing elite talent and you maybe play elite talent for two years in college. And it's really only a handful of games that you're playing this NFL elite talent. So that's why I'm I'm more impatient with a corner and a receiver than I am a quarterback. And that's not exclusive to Justin Fields. Um, I'm of the mindset that I I want to see three maybe not three, two at least full seasons, three ideally before you say, hey, this kid's a bust. Because that's where I was with Mitch Trubisky. With Mitch, by year four, I was out. I was like, okay, th- this this isn't working anymore. We got three full years of him. You know, we sort of know who he is. We're not there yet with Justin. He just completed his first full year, completed his first 17 games. I, I want to let this year ride out, see where we're at and reassess. Again, if it's a complete dumpster fire, I, I will consider, you know, the Bears drafting... Another quarterback as acceptable as it stands right now. I don't think that's necessary. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, I think I'm. Uh, oh no, you know what? Before I even go to defense, I'm sorry. Let me talk about Luke Getze, because this is this sort of ties into what I was saying, and I neglected to 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 bring this up. I should have brought it up a little earlier. But the reason why I get very upset with Luke Getze is because he is from the Matt Lafleur. Kyle Shanahan, that sort of tree, that West Coast offense, you know, the run uh, build you to the pass, play action, misdirection. And throughout the offseason, they're saying all the right things. This front office knows that the offensive side, especially weapons-wise, is talent deficient. We We know that. But we were sold that this scheme would sort of make up for the lack of talent. We've seen that happen before with Kyle Shanahan. We've seen it happen before, even with uh, Arthur Smith. We've seen it happen before with, you know, um, and in years past with someone like Mike Martz, it can happen. It's a thing. Now I'm not coming from the angle of like, oh, we're supposed to be winning. My only angle, two angles. One, you have to develop Justin Fields. So running the ball this much when you're down 14 against the Packers is unacceptable. Not going forward on fourth down, settling for field goals really easily and being so conservative is not acceptable. But the second angle is I just want us to be watchable, man. I don't care how much we win this year. I want Justin Fields to be developed and I want us to be fun to watch. Let's be the fucking lions. Let's score 40 points and lose who fucking cares. But I just, I want us to be fun. I can't continue to be, I can't continue to have this team be boring. I can't continue to to have it feel like a chore to watch this football team. I can't. I'm over it. It's been a chore my whole life outside of like three years. It's been an absolute chore to watch this team, Um, which leads me over to the defensive side. I'm not as upset as a lot of people are with this defense's ability to stop the run or inability, I should say, to stop the run. It was one of my worries coming out. But again, I in my mindset is that we're in year one of a rebuild or a retool or whatever you want to call this. We're in year one of, of the new regime, the new plan. And usually what that looks like is like what the Lions are looking like. like the defense is bad, so they're, they're losing late, but then you're sort of stacking up these high picks over the years, so you're building this thing into a winner eventually. And you look, you know, you look within our division, like the Lions again, I'm using them as an the example, they're really fun to watch. I know they're one in three. I would rather be them right now. I, and I don't know if th- it's not to say like, oh, I think Jared Goff has a brighter future than Justin Fields. No, I just want to have a product to be able to watch. I, 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 if we blow some leads like they do and lose at the end, oh, it sucks, but who could like, we're why? it's a fun game to be a part of. It's a fun game to, to enjoy. When is the last enjoyable game? We had two enjoyable games last year and it was the Justin Fields game against San Francisco and the Justin Fields game against Pittsburgh. And that was it. And then before that, I can't even tell you Maybe 2018, the Mitch game against the Bucs. Like, that's my point. Like the fact that I can even narrow down the games that have been fun over the last four years is insane. And that's that's where I wanted to stop. So I say all that to say that's why I'm very upset with, with Kyler Gordon as well. And I know people are gonna say, oh, well, he's been playing the nickel and he hadn't played that. I, I get that. I Maybe mean, he may be out of visit, but the point is, you picked a defensive player in a year that's clearly being used to rebuild. We shed cap. We have a bunch of cap space next year. I get it. But if you're going to form your identity, let's start building on the offensive end first. That's my only angle. And that's why I've been upset. And the only other player that I I, I feel I have the right to be upset with as a fan on the defensive side is Roquan Smith. And I've talked about this and I'm going to continue to talk about this. He wants to be the highest paid linebacker in the league. He's only had one good game this year. And it was against the Texans. He played phenomenal. But other than that, he looks out of position, potentially out of shape. He missed a lot of, uh, you know, preseason stuff and a lot of camp stuff. Um, I don't know. Again, I don't know if he just doesn't fit this system, but there are certain plays where it doesn't matter what the system is. Again, this this past week when he he whiffs on uh, Tyrod Taylor on a third down, the best linebacker in the league makes that play. Shaq Leonard, 10 times out of 10 makes that play. On a backup quarterback, and that you know, it, so you talk about building for the future. The linebacker position in the cover two is extremely important. Whether it's the Mike, the Will, the Sam, they're they're all very important to this scheme. But you don't look like you fit this scheme, man. You don't. You don't look good in in you know, in the cover two. And I hope. I, I, again, that's why I'm upset because I was hoping that Roquan came out and said, you know what, you didn't want to pay me, okay. I'm gonna prove to you why your offer was disrespectful. Cause that that was the word he used. He said, Yes, I feel disrespected. The things that they brought up at the negotiation tables, I don't, you know, I feel like I'm worth the money and they don't. So I feel like I'm disrespected. So now it's your turn to to go out here because you're betting on yourself. You know, I, I respect that. But you're fucking losing the bet right now, man. Like <laughs> you can't you can't do this. Um and and it it's for for what I saw from him in 2018 and 2019 is, is being so good. I just haven't really seen that since last year was pretty good for him, but you know, losing football team, it's like, it is what it is. It it was a bad year for everyone. Not, not for him individually, but you get what I mean. It's, it's, you don't really take anything away from a lame duck coaching regime and, and front office. Um, So I just expected more of him. Like I I didn't come in with expectations of very many players because you're sort of seeing what you can get out of these guys. But Roquan was the one that I had expectations for. And and that's why I've been so upset with him. Um, And I think think that's everything from from that game against the Giants. It it was an overall just atrocious game. I I know you all are probably thinking like, oh, like what about the offensive line? If I go in depth on this offensive line, I'm going to fucking scream. Because that, that's the one place where the coaching staff is losing me a little bit. Because again, with Tevin Jenkins, he's the best right guard on your team. He might even be the best right tackle on your team. Larry Borm has not been good, but you know, whatever, leave him there or, or bring in Riley Reef. But the fact that you keep trotting out Lucas Patrick at guard over him because of some bad Wednesday practices is asinine to me. I don't care what practices look like. Tevin Jenkins is really good in game. I don't care if he doesn't practice at all, or if he looks like this in game. You know, it it's some of the logic that you're using is pretty annoying. And then also with Sam Mustafer, he's not, he can't be your starting center, dude. Go go out and get somebody else. Literally anybody else. So the thing that I'm looking for there is when Lucas Patrick is healthy, he needs to start at center, and he better be a damn good center. Because he was the first signing. He's the reason, you know, they they want to get him some game reps because as soon as he, his hand is ready to snap, they want him to be in more game shape. And he's the reason that Tevin Jenkins is losing out on reps at right guard. So when you get placed at center, we need to see something. He will be at left guard this this next game, and he has not been good at either left or right. So we will see what's going on there. Um now that's everything from from the Giants game. And uh I will save the preview for the Vikings game for last. Let's get into some game picks. Jack has sent me his picks over, and again, I didn't get a chance to line up my picks with his. we our, our, our orders are always so different. We need to just start using the same app. Uh, but the Thursday night game, uh, so tomorrow night, Colts at Broncos. He is going with the Colts. The Colts are entering that territory for me where I just can't, in good faith, pick them. They do not look like a good football team. Matt Ryan looks old. This may be Matt Ryan's last year. I'm going with the Broncos, even for as bad as the Broncos have looked. Maybe it's more rust than anything else, but Even he, I think, has looked better than Matt Ryan outside of the the good second half that Matt Ryan had against the Chiefs. So I'm going Broncos, he's going Colts. Um, Next game, Packers versus the Giants. Wow, the Packers are minus eight and a half. Uh, We are both going with the Packers. I don't think there's much to break down here. The the Packers defense looks really good. the, The Giants should not be able to run the ball the way they did against the Bears. Daniel Jones is Daniel Jones. I'm not picking him over Aaron Rodgers. We can move on. Uh, very next game, Lions at Patriots. Ooh, this is a sneaky good one. Um, Jack is going Lions. I am going Patriots. Uh, the, the Lions have, I, I think, the number one rated offense in the league, uh, but but the Pats have a pretty good defense still. Um, and I just have a feeling this is gonna be the week where the Lions don't look the greatest offensively. Bill B is gonna have something cooked up for Jared Goff. I think he owns Jared Goff's soul. Um, and that's what I'm sticking with. Next game is the Chargers versus the Browns. Mm, this, is a, this is a good one. I, I think we're both going Chargers here. Let me see his pick. Yeah, we're both going Chargers. Um, the Browns are doing what they need to do, though, this year until Deshaun Watson gets back. You hover around 500, and you hope he can get on a hot streak and get you to the playoffs. And, and again, I know he's a nasty man. I, I We've spoken on everything about that. I'm talking about strictly on the field. I don't even feel like it's it's kind of asinine that I feel the need to even like preface anything I say about him. That it's like, yeah, I don't agree what he did with the off the field. Like that should be a given. Um, next game, the Jaguars versus the Texans. Um, I, it, the Texans are in that range where I, I can in good faith pick them pretty much against anybody. We're both going with the Jaguars. Um, Trevor Lawrence had a rough game last week. I, I think this is his bounce back week. Um, and the Texans just are, they're, they're, they're pretty bland. Um, but seeing what Davis Mills has done, he's looked pretty serviceable. He's looked okay, he, he's probably going to wind up being, a, you know, one of those lifelong backups that's in the league for 22 years, if he feels like it. But I felt the same way about him that I did about Gardner Minshew. I was pretty convinced that they really weren't the guys, but you don't just get rid of them immediately. If they play good in year one, give them a year two. Cause then you, you have a, a sort of two options here. One, he winds up being better than everyone thinks that he is your franchise guy as the fifth round pick or six, whatever he was, or he fucking stinks up the joint. And then now you have a top five pick, potentially number one pick to get your, your actual guy. And I think that's the way it should be done. Um, moving on though, we are going to the bucks and the Falcons. The bucks have to bounce back. The Falcons have been fun to watch though. Everyone clown them for for signing so many bears players or former bears players. Marriottos looks a little better than I thought he would. Um, but I'm going bucks. There's, there's no way that, uh, I I can pick them over Tom Brady. next game is the bills versus the Steelers. Um, Mitch is finally done there. It only took three and a half weeks. So that Steelers defense is still really good though. I think they'll keep it close, but I think the bills, I think the bills win this game probably by two scores. I, I don't think Kenny Pickett is ready. That's a rough first start for him. Um, Next game, Dolphins versus the Jets. He has picked the Dolphins. Jack has picked the Dolphins. I'm going with the Jets. I I was gonna say, dare I say that they have the better team, but I take that back now that I'm thinking about it. Uh but the Dolphins defense isn't that great. And I'm not high on Zach Wilson, but if he can sort of use some of that momentum that he that he had in the second half from last week. I think he can beat Teddy B. I think the Jets can do it. I'm going with the Jets. Next game. uh, Well, no, it's Vikings, Bears. I'll save that. Next game is the Titans versus the Commanders. Um, We're both going with the Titans. Commanders are are in that zone where I'm not picking them virtually against anybody. I have maybe a handful of teams and the Bears are inching that way. If for everyone who's wondering, you're probably like, how are you? Can you say that? You're a Bears fan. Trust. (laughs) Trust me. The Bears are inching very close to that territory. Um, Next game is the Seahawks versus the Saints. The Saints had two uh, outcomes this year, either really good or really bad. There was sort of no in between, and they're starting to go towards that really bad. Uh, We are both going with the Seahawks. Man, it's starting to look like everyone was wrong that the Seahawks made the wrong choice between Russ and Pete Carroll because the Seahawks don't look fucking bad. They've actually been pretty fun to watch too. Both going Seahawks, though. Uh, Very next game, the 49ers versus the Panthers. Panthers are in that zone as well. Can't pick them. No way, no how. We're both going with the 49ers. Um, Next game is Eagles versus Cardinals. I don't think I picked an upset this week. Jack is going Eagles. And I think every common sense in me says go Eagles. But because this is the NFL, I'm going with the Cardinals. I just... I. You know, for as many complaints as you can have about Kyler Murray, he's a fucking gamer, no pun intended. He shows up in the biggest moments outside of the playoffs. I'm talking about regular season. I think he has a big game. I think he has a big game and the he hands the Eagles their first loss. Very next game is the Rams versus the. Well, going back and forth between text and my app is throwing me off. Where are the Rams? The Rams and Cowboys. Um Fucking Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush has looked pretty damn good. I I know it sounds nuts because of the contract situation, but if he continues to play ball, if I'm the Cowboys, I'm not putting Dak Prescott back in. He hasn't looked good for over a year. And Cooper Rush got this offense humming. Um, But Jack and I are both picking the Rams. I can't in good faith think Cooper Rush continues this, right? Not against the Rams. No way. Um, Next game is the Bengals, and this is the Sunday night game, Bengals versus the Ravens. This has the potential to be a barn burner. Um, Jack is going with the Bengals. I'm going with the Ravens. I know their defense has been bad, but Burrow has been a little more uh, up and down this year than I thought he would, and Lamar has been on fire. I think if it does go to a shootout, I favor Lamar slightly. Um, But... The Ravens have to figure out that defense. They are awful. <laughs> that defense has been really bad. Um, then we go on to the Monday night game. The Chiefs versus the Raiders. I can in good faith pick Derek Carr over Patty Mahomes, even though the Raiders have given him a lot of trouble in his career. I think they went 2-0 against him last year. The Raiders seem to just show up when it's the Chiefs, but the Chiefs, they look to be on a different level, right? And they look back to being the Super Bowl winning Chiefs, which is scary for the league. So I'm going with the Chiefs. Last but not least, let's go ahead and preview this uh, Bears versus Vikings game. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I'm not going to lead you all on and act like, you know, the Bears have a, sh- have a shot here. The Vikings are winning this game. I-, I-, I can't see a scenario in which the Bears win. But some of the things that I want to see one, we can't stop the run. So Delvin Cook and Alexander Madison, they, they may have 100 each against us. So defensively, I, you know, I think the only thing that I would like to see more of is Travis Gibson have more reps over Al-Kadeem Muhammad. And I would also like to see more of Dominique Robinson. Um, I also want Kyler Gordon to not play the nickel. I'd rather him outside over Vildor, but I don't know if I'm, I'm going to get that this year. Offensively, though, and this is more on Luke Getze than anything else. I need more aggression. I, I need you to play like you're trying to win the game and not play to keep it close by settling for field goals and, and running the ball 90 times. I also want, I have to see more misdirection out of this offense. The Vikings defense isn't that great and they're going to score points against this Bears defense. So this game is really going to show me whether or not Luke Getzi and or, I don't know if this is some influence from Matt Eberflus either. But this just coach, just this coaching staff. It's going to show me: can you be aggressive when your backs are against the wall? We may be down two scores at one point. This game, we were already in this scenario against the Packers, and Luke Getzi continued to run the ball. And 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 you maybe if you want to throw him a bone and give him an excuse, you can say, well, Matt Lafleur knows him like the back of his hand. He you know he taught him a lot, and he was under him, so he knew that if he gave him these sort of coverages, he would continue to run the ball. Okay, fine. Take that excuse. This is the game where you throw that out of the window. This is the game where you go for it on the fourth and shorts. This is the game where you don't get conservative inside the 20. You know, Justin Fields throws a fucking 50-yarder Mooney, and then we just, all right, close up shop, three straight runs and a field goal. No. Or at the very least, utilize Justin Fields' legs inside the 10. Like, let's let him try to run for touchdowns. He can do that. It's not against the rules. I promise it's not, Luke. Um, Some of the things that I really want to see, though, we haven't... Well, two things come to mind. We haven't utilized the hurry-up offense really at all this year. I it, it, it could be at random spots. If Justin Fields has a few of those throws in a row where it's like he's throwing with conviction, he's seen it right, the balls are right on the money caught, let's hurry it up. Let's not let them get substitutions. Let Let's, let's let him stay in that rhythm. But two do we not have any slant routes in this playbook? I would love to see a couple of slants. I mean, you think of some of the big receivers that we have. Equinemius St. Brown is a big dude. He's like six, five Like get him, you know, get him in the middle, get some crossing routes going, get some slant routes going. It, it seems like everything is either deep or intermediate. I would like to, the quick game to be a little bit better or, or a little bit more than like a bubble screen to a tight end. Like I, those are okay every now and then, but it, that seems to be our only like horizontal passing game. And I would like for there to be a little more creativity there. Um, shit outside of that, man, I, I just stand on the point that I want us to be aggressive, actually go for the win. If that means we lose by 30 because of that, so be it. But running the ball and being super conservative and bleeding off the clock, literally any team in the history of the NFL can keep games close. If they played that way, but you have to start playing like you're trying to win eventually because one, you may actually fucking win. That's first and foremost, but two, you're really going to know what you have in these guys, especially Justin Fields. If you're letting him play like there's a real game on the line, if you're letting him play, like we have a shot to win and you're, you're game planning to win this game. You're going to learn a lot more about Justin Fields than you are playing conservative. And that's all I really want. So again, um, what did I make it to 35 minutes? So I shaved five minutes off. Uh, you guys are welcome. Um, this podcast, you can watch the video form on YouTube. It can also be heard the audio format on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, anywhere that audio podcasts are available. And if it's not, let me know and I can get it up on that platform, even if it's just you um, that listens to us there. We will cater to every one of our fans. Um, but let me know what y'all think. Do the Bears have a shot against the Vikings? Um, where are you guys at on Luke Getze? You know, I felt like everyone was pretty high on him at first and we're starting to sour a little bit. Is it too soon to sour on him? Do we have to give him a shot? He's a first year play caller. Um, interested to hear your guys' thoughts, but go ahead and like, share, subscribe, uh, everywhere that you listen and or watch. And let's enjoy this Bears Vikings game. Bears down.